With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to E2C Extra, the place where we talk about anything that is Auburn-related. Honestly, it can be anything. It can be tiddlywinks for all we count. Does he even play that game anymore? I don't know. I don't know. That's a random tangent I just went on. This is the show that's just a bunch of extra Auburn stuff just for you. And so when we get together in these episodes and have a little fun talking about something a little bit unique, not just specifically about sports, I like to bring in interesting characters. And there's no one more interesting out there, especially in his love of all things aesthetics for Auburn, but also history. And that is my good friend Clint Richardson of the Auburn Uniform Database. Clint, what is up? I don't know if character is a compliment or not. You can take it for whatever it's worth, sir, and I'm sure whatever I say is not worth that much to you. So, hey, you know, you don't really, uh, you don't lose anything, huh? So <laughs> it's 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 Thursday at five o'clock Eastern. Like it probably doesn't mean much right now. So it, it honestly doesn't. It's a very weird record time for us. You know, when you and I were doing a regular show together, it would be like what ten o'clock at night after basketball games that we'd be doing recordings. Wasn't that kind of minutes after I left the arena? Yeah, and, yeah, that was and you had no voice whatsoever. <laughs> nope. That was fun. <laughs> that was always fun, but you had fresh perspectives, so I kind of missed that, you know, a little bit. Uh, those, <laughs> the good old days, as they call it, Clint. But that's why we get together as often as we can, whether it's on live stream or on shows like this. Because as I set up, you are the master of all things Auburn aesthetics, but that kind of ties into it, uh, tradition and history and all those things uh, that are kind of. A little bit nebulous out there, but I'd like for us maybe to hone in on a very interesting topic that I think is going to be near and dear to many Auburn fans' heart out there, and that is the topic of Coach Ralph Suge Jordan. Now, are we going to have the debate, is it Jordan or Jordan here tonight? <laughs> no, but we can mention a fun story about that later on. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, we, we actually, you know what, we might even lead off with that, but I kind of want to set the table here as my favorite phrases on the podcast. Um, what we're doing this for is that Coach Jordan's uh, birthday is coming up. We're recording on a Thursday and the Saturday of the Georgia State game in the 2021 uh, season. For those of you that maybe listen off far off in the future, um, Clint always likes to re- obviously remind people, as many other people do, but he does, in my opinion, the best job out there of reminding Thank you sure. about Chug and his legacy and his history. And he's going to be put making some social media posts out there that you're going to want to pay attention to um, on Saturday, especially when you're kind of getting ready for the football game. Uh, and things like that. So for this, I thought it would be fun for us to get together and just talk about things that you may or you may not know about Coach Suge Jordan. So I got to ask to start off, was this a hard list to come up with of just things that you might thought people would find interesting? Uh, No, it was no, because I think Suge is a very interesting person. It's just trying to figure out, you know, things that aren't very commonly known to, to go a little bit de- deeper than just the, this is where he's from, this is where he was born, this is, 
how he got his nickname and all that kind of stuff. Like, not, I'm not interested in the, the low hanging fruit. Like, we're going to talk about the guy. See, that's what I like about you. Is I, I like going a little bit deeper than just, you know, because I think some people tuned into this episode and like, oh, we're just going to talk about his record against this team, that team. And, you know, some of that's interesting, but we like to go a step further here and just talk about what makes him this nebulous figure out there. Because for you and me, Clint, and our generation, Suge has unfortunately been passed away for a long time. My dad, you know, went to games and he even told me a story about he, you know, things were a lot open more open back then practices and such he went down to the field level and told Jer- coach jordan himself i'm gonna play from you for you someday and he never did but <laughs> but it's a cool story to say my dad told coach jordan i'm gonna play for you um so he's just this this figurehead out there that i think we kind of you know obviously for good reasons for most i would assume put it on a pedestal do you is it a fair statement to say that he is our bear bryant or does that kind of take away from from him kind of comparing him to bear bryant i i I don't think it's fair to say that because i think that they both have such an incredible legacy that they need to stand on their own Mm -hmm. i'm fine with saying he's our should jordan (laughs) and i love it you know i think that auburn has been very lucky over the years in the past 50 60 years to have incredible coaches and incredible men as the Auburn football coach and you know I know that you know our generation and maybe the you know a slightly older generation really holds coach Dye in really high regards and and rightfully so but you and I are both so far removed from that should Jordan era like should died in 1980 you know well before you and I were even born and it's such a sad thing because he had such an impact on Auburn, much more than I think just the common fan, especially those that are our age and, and younger, know. It's something that I always <laughs> want to learn more about, Just not just Shug's history, but Auburn's history. But his is so intertwined with Auburn that I think it's worthy of us doing this episode and maybe some more. We'll, we'll see how far we get into this list and, and these. It's not even like a top 10. I don't even I want to call it a top 10. It's just a, a list that we want to kind of talk about some things about Suge. And quick plug, by the way, because Clint reminded me of this. Uh, for those of you that are regular subscribers here, you'll know that we have the Auburn Roots podcast. You can find it here on the main feed, but it also has its own Auburn Roots exclusive feed. You can find it anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, there is an episode with Richard Stevens, who he and his father, um, you know, were very well connected with Suge and his family. And his father was uh, the one who did a lot of the post-game shows with Coach uh, Jordan. So if you kind of want to hear a little bit about that type of stuff, go back and listen to that episode. I don't have that. I have a master list. I usually hold in front of me for those shows when we're recording them, but I don't have it right now. But Richard Stevens' episode, it's a great one to go back and look about if you love things about Suge. All right, let's start off with this. I know it's not on your list technically, but we kind of brought it up. Jordan slash Jordan, the debate. (laughs) It's not really a debate, but like, what's the confusion here? So I heard the story multiple times that when, when coach Jordan would introduce himself, he would always say, I'm coach Suge Jordan. His wife, Evelyn would always interrupt and say, I'm Evelyn Jordan. So it was definitely part of his Southern Selma twang, but he always stuck to it. Like he, he would have spelt it J E R if he could have, but his wife, Evelyn was, made sure to make sure that people knew that it was Jordan for her and Jordan for the head coach. So to put this to bed, so to speak, 
And there's actually been other people that have gone into great detail about this type of stuff. I think, uh, you know, Jeremy Henderson's a great resource for these type of things, too. Um, it is technically spelled and ph- phonetically spelled Jordan, but we go by what he called himself, and that was Coach Jordan. Is that the way to settle this debate? Basically. I love it. But to, to me, that yeah. almost makes it more special because, you know, when people now and it's, it's fun to kind of have that debate with people come, especially visitors, they come. Oh, it's, uh, you know, should Jordan Stadium? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Please, sir. <laughs> do not offend me. <laughs> right, right. So when I was actually looking up some resources on this list, I went through my Twitter feed just to, you know, a quick and easy look at what I had shared in the past about coach and. I had multiple tweets from the past that were, you should not be allowed to enter the gates of Jordan-Hare Stadium if you can't pronounce it correctly. If you mispronounce Coach Jordan's surname, you are not allowed entry. And I, I still stand by that. I, that's, that's a fair you know, a qualification uh, in a day and age. And, and no, I'm kind of being a little bit uh, vague here with what I'm referring, but I think most of you get would think where certain cards are required to get in certain places. That's our card for you to, to get into certain <laughs> places, is you to be able to pronounce Jordan correctly. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, how about this? You pick the first one off of your list that you want to mention about, and let's see where you want to go with this. All right. Well, the first thing that I think that most people don't really understand is the pure athlete that Coach Jordan was. At he studied at Auburn, and he didn't think he was good enough to get into Auburn or smart enough to get into Auburn. Growing up in a small town of Selma, and you know, he just, he wasn't the best student in the world. He'd be the first one to admit that. Um, But he was a solid athlete. And by all accounts, he was going to be the guy that worked harder on the team than anybody else. He was going to work harder than anybody else that came up against him. And his records showed he, he was a three sport athlete at Auburn. He played baseball, he played basketball, and he played football. And when you look at Coach Jordan, especially as uh, an athlete, during his time as a student, he was not a big guy. He was a small kid, but he played center on the football team. Mm. And that's just not something you see. In, you know, the, the offensive line and the defensive line are now named the big nasties. And that was not the case in the 1930s. And he, he's such an incredible athlete he was actually named the most outstanding athlete in 1932 and it's just he was a team captain on the basketball team he so again as I was going through Twitter I found this uh this one note um in 1932 Auburn and Georgia Tech met on the hardwood and back then they were called cagers which Mm. is crazy to me I just love the like they used to play in a cage and they needed <laughs> cage to match. No one leaves. Well, no, literally they needed to, because it was such a rough sport that they would tumble out into the crowd and audience members would get hurt. But the headline of this article from 1932 was Ralph Jordan held scoreless for only the second time in his career. Mm. And Auburn ended up winning. And this is the craziest thing about these, you know, these old school basketball scores. Auburn won twenty five to twenty two. That's um, that's a, that's disappointing, I guess, by today's <laughs> standards. <laughs> oh no, the, Auburn had played in some like twelve eight games, some fourteen to nine games, and again, that's without a three point line. That is old school basketball at its finest. But 
Oh, I'm wondering was... what their field goal percentage was actually now. I'm really <laughs> trying to do those numbers in my head. It's not very good. I can promise you that. But he, you know, again, he played, he played center on the football team. He was a, uh, a guard on the basketball team and he was a pitcher on the baseball. You just know, like, again, team captain on basketball. I believe he was a team captain on the football team as well. And super well respected as a player. <clears throat> just people loved Suge from the coaches to the opponents to the writers to the fans everybody knew who he was and everybody loved lefty everybody loved lefty so really you know this love that we have for coach jordan now since his passing and beyond really began back then and i think part of the reason that you could see that the love is so great for him now and back then is because he basically was Auburn you know like he just he did everything he was he did a little he's the jack of all trades and and like you said grew up in a different time where you know obviously the big nasties weren't really making up the offensive line Uh, you know I think back to my my playing days because you know I played a little ball um, (laughs) our offensive linemen by most standards were tiny now granted I went to a little private school in high school but you know it's kind of made me feel like we were back in the old times where some of these scrawny tall guys were offensive linemen (laughs) just because they were had longer arms and maybe could stop someone from getting to our quarterback by holding them you know they at least if we had certain SEC refs I'm not going there um but baseball, basketball, and football, if the, is there another sport that you would have expected him to play other than the big three? No, I don't, I don't think so. You know, as I, was, as I was going through the notes and just trying to, to re-educate myself on Jordan's life, like, you know, Bo ran track as his third sport instead of basketball. And I guess I confused myself on that, but also like everybody ran track at that time. Everybody yeah. still runs track, but it's like I, I expected a third or a fourth sport to be track, but he just he just loved competing. He was such a competitive guy, and I feel like I need to give a shout out to this book. Uh, it's called The Life and Times of Auburn's Ralph Shub Jordan, and it's a, it's a biography by Rich Donnell, and it's been like two or three years since I've read it, but it is such a great inside look into his life and, and especially his early life. I learned a lot about uh, Coach Durden reading that book and, and how, how he loved to play sports, how he was always active. He spent so much of his time growing up in Selma at the local YMCA to the point that they actually named it after him. And I mean, this, this, he was one of the guys that you would never catch indoors. He was always outside. Well, and that's probably a lesson that some of us today, some of our gener- younger generations today, could take a lesson from while they sit inside on their phones. And I, I as, do too. As so. we sit inside and record a podcast. That's besides the point, Clint. <laughs> I, I do want to go back for a second, though, because there is a sport that I feel like I associate with him somehow, but I have no reason to. We want to take a guess at what that might be? Not a, not, a, not a traditional one. Any, any guess? Not a traditional sport. No, I don't have a guess. Wrestling. Uh, Oh, I okay. don't. I, I know can why. see. I can see where you get that, but I, no, I don't believe he ever wrestled. Well, and that's the thing too, is because you talk. You talked about the differentiation. We, you know, we know Suge mainly as those images of him as the coach, and he was, you know, obviously probably. 
I'm just kind of guessing here, got a bit of a dad bod and things like that, you know, but he was fitter <laughs> and he was in shape and, you know, not scrawny, but just a, a different body build back then. So he's well suited to play baseball, basketball and football. But, you know, I associate with him that type of look that he had. And so that's why I kind of associate wrestling. with it's, it's why when we talk about baseball for him, I was shocked that he was a pitcher because I would I would think catcher. You know, because those tend to have a little bit more meat on their bones in terms of that, because they need to be able to block the plate and stuff like that, and have a little bit of power behind them. Uh, basketball, I'm not shocked at because I've known that he's been a a great basketball athlete for most of the time that I've known history about him and things like that. And of course, you associate football with him. Uh, but you brought up that he's a Selma boy. I honestly, I felt like I knew that fact, but. You know, does Selma have any other really big names out there uh, besides Suge coming out of their their little town? That's a great question. I, I I don't believe so. You know, let's let's check online and check um, Wikipedia. Well, obviously, Selma has I, a lot of history. Beside, you know, okay. but no, I'm t- I'm talking about people like you know that actually are from there. And I I feel like there's a big name out there that we're missing. And not so even- so there's a there's a couple of names on this list that I was not aware of. So probably one of your favorite players, one of my parents' favorites, just because of how fun it is to pronounce, Ben Obumanu. Oh, yes. I <laughs> forgot Ben was from there. But guess this name, I had no idea was even from Alabama, let alone Selma. Mia Ham. That is a bit shocking. <laughs> I knew she was right? from Alabama, but I didn't know it was Little Selma, Alabama. <laughs> and how how did they let her go to North Carolina? Well, because, um, you know, we probably weren't known as well for soccer back then. I'm, th- I'm thinking of Auburn, but obviously, why did Alabama let them go that, go, or go to North Carolina as well? Oof. When you're a talent like that, people just drag you away. Out I of had no idea that she was from Alabama. The more you know. We're learning new things, even on the Suge Jordan episode. <laughs> uh, but little old South Alabama is hometown to Suge Jordan. Now, do you know if there's anything, like, named for him there other than the YMCA, or is that kind of just his main claim to fame there? I, honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I've kind of cool, never, never been to Selma. Um, the Y was named after him when he was still alive. So it's, you know, that building might not still be there anymore. And who knows if it still carries his name. But um, I, there, there's got to be some sort of uh, plaque or monument to him. Um, but I was going to say, I think he's buried out there, but I know that he's buried in Auburn. A little bit of an assignment for myself, but listeners who want to, you know, beat me to it, I want someone out in Selma to send me a picture of the YMCA. If you can find the plaque, bonus <laughs> points. What you win, my congratulations. But <laughs> that's what that's my assignment for you all out there. Go go find that uh, YMCA if it's still standing, even if it's not even technically open to the public. I want to see this because I think those are cool little things that just point to and say yeah all this stuff in auburn which should associate him he's got a giant you know football coliseum named after him but here's something small about you didn't know about the man uh, that i think is pretty cool hey auburn fans i want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special here at the e2c network we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for auburn fans out there and best of all it's free to you But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. 
There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Uh, talk about how you got his nickname, Suge, you know, because that's one of those things. Why do you we call him Suge Jordan, not Ralph Jordan? Where did they get the name? Suge loved sugar cane. I do too. Do I get named Suge now? No specifically sorghum yeah i don't know am i pronouncing that correctly sorghum yep so apparently that has a very high sugar content and i'm guessing that that was probably a very popular crop of selma in the 20s and 30s and he was just always seen eating sugar i mean again i feel like sugar and i are cut from the same cloth because i've got a stash of candy down there that jessica doesn't know about and she's not allowed to touch <laughs> so, don't worry she's got her own too and it's twice <laughs> the size of mine i found it uh but i, I, I leave it i leave it reserved for her over there uh but think about like growing up in this time you know obviously no electronics things like that they've got a lot of energy to burn so probably even if he did consume a lot of sugar cane or sorghum he's burning that off you know simply just from <laughs> being outdoors and and being the type of athlete that he was. Uh, but it makes sense, Suge. I wonder, do you think he liked the name Suge? I absolutely think he did, because I don't think he ever used his first name other than just on legal documents. <laughs> I think I think he introduced himself as Suge. I mean, if you, are, if you are the kind of person that Suge Jordan was in Auburn in the 70s, you had the power to have people stop calling you Suge. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't, and that is how people knew him. That is how people still referred to him. And you know, I think when you see Ralph or even James Ralph Jordan, like that doesn't ring a bell. You have to call him by Suge, and I think he knew that. So the other thing I always thought about when I was growing up, you know, I'd hear the name Ralph Suge Jordan or just Suge Jordan, and I would try to figure out. I knew it was his nickname; it wasn't his real name. I tried to figure out it can't be as simple as Sugar. Did you have something that you like kind of associated the Suge with, or did you just know that right away that that's what it stood for? Why? I I figured it was Suge for sugar. Um, But unfortunately, that's exactly what it is. It's not some grand story like um, Paul Bryant wrestling a bear. And, (laughs) you know, it's it's not the best story in the world. You know, a nickname story should be pretty decent. And this one's just. Like sugar, but well, I, I don't know that it is. I think not, that it, it speaks decent. to who he was more yeah. than anything. I think it's not a tall tale like Bear Bryant. This is who the guy was. See, I, I had somehow in my mind worked a- around this concept that he like ran the ball so sweet. That's why they called him Shook because that felt like <laughs> an expression they would use back then. Man, his runs were so sweet that he, he would just call him Shook. 
Except I, he was a sinner, bro. <laughs> I know, I know. But this is I'm I'm talking about, you know, young Kyle hearing these stories from his dad and like, okay, that's you know, that's why it is. It's not it's not sugar. It's not because he loved sugar like me. We don't have that in common, but clearly we do. <laughs> uh you are not as different, all of us out there, I'm sure, who love to eat things that are very sugary, uh, much different from Coach Jordan as well. What's the next thing you want to bring up about him? So I, I love this fact because I didn't realize that his tenure at Auburn would have overlapped with this other person at Auburn, but Coach Jordan was such a history buff, and he studied history under the father of Auburn football, Dr. George Petrie. Mm. Petrie was actually a mentor, a life mentor for Coach Jordan at times, and you know, I think when you when you look at the time frame, like the Auburn Creed was credited to be written, you know, in the 1940s, 1945, and Coach Jordan was a, he graduated from Auburn in 1932. So you can definitely see the overlap, but I just never, you know, imagined that those two would cross paths. And not only did they cross paths, like they were a big part of each other's lives. Yeah, and I think the disconnect sometimes <laughs> comes from because you see for us, our generation, images and videos of Suge. And it's, yeah, it's old, but we still, like I even said, I've got connections with my dad and, you know, seeing and actually speaking to Coach Jordan. So it's kind of like, it's it's far away enough where it's kind of legendary, but it still feels within reach. But then you go to George Petrie and you see, you know, those old timey pictures and those like get ups and stuff like that. And you're like, you can't even like connect with it at all. Because it's well, such and a I think that's time. a good point. And there just aren't many photos of Dr. Petrie, unfortunately. But you know, the first Auburn football game was 1893. Oh, man. And and then Petrie is still around in 1945. And I think he died, you know, shortly after that. But um, yeah, it's just those kind of dates are so hard to to connect to. You know, the school was founded in 1856, the school opened. In 1859, football was played in 1893, and then Shug in 1930s is in the same place, and they're in the same place, same time, and it's just it's it's still mind blowing for me to realize that they're like two big bridges that kind of span almost time, you know, for for Auburn history. You've got the or pillars, I guess, would be a, a great way to say, it. and that's why we kind of talk about you know some of the great coaches in Auburn history. You know, George Petrie comes up, and you know his record is not outstanding just in terms of sheer numbers because they didn't play a lot as compared to what we do now. But he was the first Auburn football coach in essence and, and started the first team. So you've got George Petrie, then you've kind of got this. There's Mike Donahue in there, but then you come to Suge Jordan and his tenure here and how long he was here and just became. I always struggle. Do you consider him like the the grandfather, the father of Auburn football? Like, how do you balance that with the discussion of Mike Donahue, George Petrie, and like those three? How do you kind of space that out? That's a really good question. Right before we got on, I was thinking like, you know, if Petrie's the father, then what does that make Coach Jordan? And yeah. and so I, I had that thought earlier, and I don't have an answer for you. You know, what what. Petrie did for Auburn, what Donahue did for Auburn, what Heisman did for Auburn, right? what Jordan did for Auburn, and what every other coach has done, it, it's incredible, you know? It's, right. When, when you think about, 
we, we take it for granted of what we have today in terms of the level of college football that we have today, that we have a hundred games on TV at any given point and that we have a hundred thousand seat stadiums and, and what we had when coach Jordan was there. Um, I actually did write this one down because I thought this was crazy. Jordan Hare tripled in capacity while Coach Jordan was head coach. Oh, that's when he's when he started. It was a twenty-one thousand seat stadium in nineteen fifty-one. Jeez. In nineteen seventy-five, when he retired, it was up to sixty-one thousand. And since then, we've added twenty thousand seats more. With plans, if they ever come to fruition, to add even more. So take that and into your perspective as it's, well. It's crazy to think that he didn't get to see the modern edition of his stadium either. So where yeah. the upper, the, the West side upper deck was not finished until I think 87, seven years after he had passed. Mm. And I, I couldn't tell you when the East upper deck was finished, but it was probably like late seventies, early eighties. So there's a chance that he never even saw it grow to what it, it is today. I think this would be a good conversation for maybe us to round out this show. Because like we said, we give you a tease. This is something we plan to maybe do again in the future. Uh, so if you like these type of episodes, let us know. Because this is, I mean, it's fun for me. I know it's fun for Clint because he loves this this type of stuff as much as, as anybody out there. But what do you think Coach Jordan would say about his stadium now? The the arena, not the arena. Well, I guess in some ways he helped. He saw that kind of change too over time. Not Auburn Arena, but the Coliseum. But Jordan Hare Stadium, what bears his name? Try to put yourself in his shoes from where it came from, where he, you just talked about it, what he saw the changes go through himself, and where it stands now. What do you think he would say or think about it? I think he would be so incredibly humbled to see what Auburn has become and what his legacy has become. Again, this kid grew up in, in Selma, Alabama, which today is not a very wealthy area. And I can't imagine it was much better off a hundred years ago, but to, to come to Auburn, to see the campus probably more than triple in size itself, to see the stadium that dons his name as large as it is to see the players that have come Coach Jordan never got to see Bo Jackson play. Wow. Okay. Now you just, At you, all. just you just sent chills down my spine. Like I know that in my mind, but that's crazy that it, you, you can't say those two ever cross paths. They never, well, we can't say I that can't, officially. I can't imagine that they've ever crossed paths. Right. Coach Jordan was, you know, fighting leukemia his last year on earth. And that would put Bo Jackson as what? a sophomore or junior in high school. Yeah. So there's a chance, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. And to, but we can definitely say that Ralph Jordan never saw Bo Jackson in orange and blue, never saw him on the field at his stadium, never saw that number 34 run the ball. <laughs> and it's just, I think he would be incredibly humbled to see where Auburn is today. The and football think, program, the people, the university, and the town that surrounds it. Like it, I, it you, people talk about Auburn being unrecognizable today. Imagine what this guy thought <laughs> or would think. 
because <laughs> he saw a lot of change himself. And I think humility is a great way to say that because that's what we know of him being this, this quiet strength. You know, for the longest time, I think it was in the, the media room or, or the team meeting room, there was that poster that, that stood quiet strength. Right. And I think that's what he epitomized and why he's such an incredible figure in Auburn history. And, and I think humility is a great way to approach the way he would look at his, in, in essence, he wouldn't see it that way, but his football stadium. And I, and I also send here and thinking, you know, you see the other cathedrals out there. You know, Auburn in the 2021 season just got done playing in one of the biggest around uh, Beaver Stadium up in Happy Valley for Penn State. And I wonder, does he think we still could be further along or is he happy with the way it is? And part of me thinks he is. I, I, I would I would agree with that because, you know, my sense of Coach Jordan is, you know, he's not one of those guys to keep up with the Joneses. Money was not everything to him. He saw the darkest days of man serving in World War II, having been on the beaches of Normandy for D-Day he saw the hell that war brought to the world and he was humbled by that. And he did not like to speak about that. And, you know, that does something to somebody. You really understand what is meaningful in life when you go through something like that. And coach Jordan loved his family. He loved his children. He loved his wife. He loved his city. And knowing that Auburn is not the biggest stadium in the world probably doesn't even matter to him it doesn't matter to him for for many reasons because obviously the things that you talked about but i think you know for him auburn wasn't about being the and i know this sounds oxymoronic being the best because you always want to try to be the best you want to try for that you want to strive for that coach jordan wanted to be the best that he could be and he saw that auburn was the best place for him to do just that he did not come to auburn to be the greatest football player in the world or the greatest football coach in the world or turn Auburn into the greatest football powerhouse in the world. It was much more simple. He wanted to play football. He wanted to grow up as a better man. He wanted to to teach other men how to be an Auburn man. And that's what it means to be a coach. That's what it means to be a should journey. And not to be a bit of a Debbie Downer, it feels like we've lost a little bit of that within the Auburn family in recent years. I think we could use a little bit, little bit of sug back in our lives <laughs> to remind us of where our roots are and where uh, we've come from. So anyway, this listen, I've had chills a couple times already in this episode. This has been fun. Um, you know, again, if you guys like this type of content, we will give you more of it. We've already kind of discussed in the background here, maybe doing this on the anniversary of his birthday every year. Uh, we haven't even hit half of the stuff that Clint oh. just kind of jotted down. So if you want more of this sooner, let us know. Uh, but we'll probably at least do this again on the anniversary of his birthday next year, you know, God willing. But uh, appreciate you guys. Want to hear your perspectives on everything that uh, we shared here, any stories related to that. And that assignment's out there. Again, all you get is my congratulations. But if someone can get me a picture of the YMCA in, <laughs> in Selma with the plaque or some commemorative thing, you will forever be indebted. No, I will be indebted. But only <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out a way to sell this. But just, I feel like I'm stop. I, I, need to, I need to stop. Just I need to stop. stop. Anyway, Clint, before you get out of here, share uh, where you can be found on the social medias and uh, if they want to follow you to learn more about history and aesthetics and all that stuff. 
You can always check me out on auburnuniforms.com. You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24 and check out the Auburn Uniform database on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Auburn Uniforms. And we'll be celebrating Coach Jordan's birthday this Saturday. You can find me on Twitter at TigerI24. Until we talk to you again, thank you for listening to War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.